Welcome to Conversations with Kim. This podcast is about awakening the human spirit, seeing beyond this moment, and exploring alternative paradigms for how we work, lead, and live. I invite you to sit back, exhale, and enjoy the flow. I'm excited to bring to life a special Earth Day edition of Conversations with Kim featuring Mike Tothin and Shannon Simpson with Project Forest. Project Forest is a Canadian rewilding project that grows forests and reclaims unproductive land through partnerships with purpose-driven businesses. In this conversation, we explore the relationship between humans and trees, the concept of ecological reconciliation, and the hope that this work offers for the future of our planet. Happy Earth Day and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to this special Earth Day edition of Conversations with Kim. I'm really excited today to have the team from Project Forest on the show. And I want to just take a chance to introduce both Mike and Shannon. If you guys can say hello to the audience and introduce who you guys are. Oh, hey, Kim. Um, Mike here with Project Forest. And um, a little bit about myself is uh, I've been always kind of had a a green thumb. I was actually talking with my wife about this the other day is even when I was in elementary school, my science fair projects were all around growing plants. And now that I know a whole lot more about how they grow and what they grow, um, my thesis back then makes no sense, but I kind of wanted to use human steroids to grow plants faster. Um, (laughs) And it it doesn't work. Um, But I learned that at a young age and I've always been really passionate about growing things. And as we start a project forest, it's been become really, really evident about the passion that I share is emulated through a lot of the community out there. And it's just a matter of introducing project forest to as many people as we can and helping them solve some of their challenges. So you are a forester by trade, are you not, Mike? Yes, I sure am. Um, I, I took the long road and did two years at Nate and then four years of U of A um, and then have uh created a reasonably good forestry background. And I I take that skill sets where, you know, we learn in school how to, you know, grow trees. They say civiculture is the art and science of growing trees. So we use those skill sets that we chat about and uh, deploy it on Project Forest on a daily basis to make sure we're using the right type of techniques and science to put the right trees in the right place, the right seed, um, and prepare the site for success. So, what position would you call yourself on Project Forest? Part of the founding team, but what's the technical title? Um, just recently, we kind of changed it from forestry manager to managing director. As uh, we had our first board meeting just a couple, maybe about a month ago now, and been empowered to make most of the decisions on the operational level. Um, so, yeah, well, I was a founder and forestry manager, but... I made the executive decision to change it to founder and managing director uh, just to let people know when they're talking with me that um, I have the ability to make decisions and and changes and customize certain things when we're engaging with, you know, new partners. That's one of the things I love about Project Forest is you guys are so open to what your partners visualize. And it is at that point where it's early in its inception. And so you can really be part of bringing something to life. So before we jump in and describe exactly what Project Forest is, 
I'm wondering if Shannon, you can introduce yourself to the group. Hi, Kim. My name is Shannon Simpson, and I am Mike's engineer. So I am the engineer in the group. Um, for me, uh, Project Forest is all-encompassing. Um, coming from a background in oil and gas, I really felt that there was a need for looking at things organically and how we could create a better existence than what was previously templated. Um, I'm, a far, I'm a farm kid by heart. So for me, trees really resonate and they always have a story. And, you know, looking at how my grandfather built his shelter belts out in, you know, sections of our land and how they've grown over the years and the fact that it, you know, it, creates a covering for a lot of the livestock. It helps crops. It, you know, continues to uh, minimize the erosion process and everything else. And so for me now coming aboard with Project Forest and the passion that Mike brings, it's exciting. Every day you get up and you think that today's the day that I'm going to create an, another forest. I'm going to be able to participate in planting trees that um, my children and my grandchildren eventually will be able to really enjoy and to look at the fact of what we're creating, not only just here in Alberta, but throughout Canada and really just bringing part of this process is really exciting and it's empowering to talk to the different partnerships and, you know, having them do, when you get that aha moment where they really feel that they can be part of the process, it's actually quite exciting to be, be part of this and to really grow this network. So thank you for having me today, Kim. Well, thank you for being here. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Mike now. How would you describe Project Forest to the listeners? Well, I could talk about this for the entirety of our whole conversation, Kim, but I'll try and keep it to a couple sentences. When we started Project Forest, um, one of our goal goals was to create a community of like-minded companies coming together with a unified goal to rewild the Canadian landscape one forest at a time. Um, when we started Project Forest, our phone was kind of always ringing um, at my other day job of folks looking to buy trees and, and use them for creating good as opposed to managing their reforestation liabilities, whether they be a forest product company, an oil and gas company, or a natural resource company. And when somebody keeps asking you the same question day after day, hey, Mike, I'd like to buy some trees, but I don't know where to plant them. I don't really know what to do. This idea organically started forming in my head. Um, and long story short, we launched uh, October 6th last year, and the idea kind of came to me in the shower in January. So a lot of work came together um, to go from that shower a home moment to a real organization. Um, we've been lucky enough to secure our first site in a really, really unique and fantastic location. Um, it's within the Beaver Hills UNESCO recognized biosphere reserve, which is just 30 minutes east of Edmonton on the southeast shore of South Cooking Lake. And our first location falls within the Golden Ranches Conservation Area, which is owned by a few um, conservation groups, which is really important. The Edmonton Area Land Trust, the Alberta Fish and Game Association, the Alberta Conservation Association, and then the Managing, managing Conservation Group out there is the Nature Conservancy of Canada. 
Um, and why that's important and why it's about Project Forest is we we want to use the word permanence in all the projects that we work. So kind of when Shannon was chatting, we talk about creating forests for her her children and her, and her grandchildren to be. I know uh, she's expecting them to come one day, but they're not here yet. And then hopefully their kids and their kids. So the term forest forever is important to us. And when a project or a land location is owned by these conservation groups, then we can say with a lot of certainty that this area is going to remain a forest forever after we're done our work. And by having multiple conservation groups on title, if one would happen to go to funk, the next one would just kind of step up to the plate. So creating legacy is really important and locality as well. All of our project locations, it's really important to us that they're a hundred kilometers away from municipal center so that when our partners do sign up and they commit to a partnership level that allows a corporate planting event, they can come out there with their group and they don't have to drive six or seven hours in the middle of nowhere. They're all relatively close. So we can engage with whether it be employees, whether it can be clients, whether it can just be family members, whatever type of objective or experience our partners are looking to get in these sites, we can help achieve that. And then as well, just as importantly, um, Trees are one of nature's best solutions for removing carbon from the atmosphere. And because we have such great conservation groups on title, and we know there's going to be forests there forever, we can say with certainty that we're going to be removing a significant amount of carbon off the landscape on a per hectare basis. And because we have quote unquote permanence on these landscapes, we can say this and we plan on validating our model every five years. But what we're looking at right now in Golden Ranches is every hectare is going to be removing just under 1200 metric tons of carbon dioxide per hectare over the lifespan of that forest, which is pretty impressive. So we're, we're, we're really proud about all the work we've done together, the monitoring plan, the commitment and the community that we're creating. Thank you for that. So what I'm hearing is you've brought together businesses, conservation groups, foresters, and I'm going to get into your partnership with First Nations because that's coming too, but you brought together these groups to essentially plant forests forever, what you're saying is. And the intention of this is to create biodiversity, to capture carbon, and to really reverse some of the trends that we're seeing with human degradation. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so thanks for that. We could probably just call it a day. That was perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, not only those things. Um, we also want to talk about habitat for the critters that live in the area. Really important. I mean, part of rewilding is uh, different definitions say different things. It could be introducing apex level species and creating habitat for them. Um what rewilding with respect to project forest is just repairing disturbed habitats to create habitat for critters of all ages, sizes, and types, um, in, including humans. We want to have recreational opportunities out there. Um, we want the citizens of Canada to be able to enjoy these spaces for a long, long time and be a part of their transition from what they currently are right now as a non-productive agriculture system back into a forest. And we have some really interesting initiatives as well. Probably something new from the last time we talked, but we're working on 
putting together a, a protocol for a citizen science experience experiment. So we do have some biologists that have reached out and said, Mike, I want to be a part of this. How can we contribute? How can we donate some of our time? Our employees really want to engage with this. And I was like, Jen, let's do a citizen science experiment. If you guys design the protocols that are really easy for the public to go out, we can start tracking the transition of the landscape from what it is now to what it will be and document these changes um, the best that we can. Uh, as as any non-for-profit will tell you, budget is always a constraining factor. But with this being such an engaging project, we have people reaching out all the time looking to volunteer. It's like, how can we use the volunteer spirit and really put it to work and gain some cool information? This is how we're going to do it is by engaging the community to go out there and collect some of this data, which is pretty cool. With respect to the planting, we also feel it's really important to use professional tree planters to get the trees in the ground. Project Forest has taken on an environmental commitment and a liability on the project with the NCC. As part of that forest forever, the stand will have to meet minimum stocking and height thresholds before we can say with certainty that this site is on a trajectory to become a mature forest. And because of these pretty stringent commitments, planting quality and planting expertise is really important to us. So besides professional tree planters, we'll have some corporate planters out there. Um, but we don't foresee our corporate planting partners planting a significant amount of those trees. It's a learning day. It's an interactive day. So there's something about Project Forest that you guys haven't been created for that long. I mean, it's just been over a year and you're connecting a lot of people, not just scientists, but businesses as well as, and we'll talk about your indigenous engagement. So when I sit with this, I'm like, there's something about Project Forest that's speaking to the human spirits. And I know recently you guys did that. Tell me your tree story. And you got a bunch of stories pulled out from people that really echo just that. Shannon, I'm wondering if you can tell me either what your tree story is or why you think this is speaking so deeply to people on a personal level. I mean, when you think about it and you're planting trees, you're planting trees not only for yourself to enjoy, but trees for other people to enjoy. And I have to think about, you know, and I told Mike this story and it was a long, you know, whole rendition as we were, you know, putting the contest together and everything else. So tell, tell us your favorite tree story. And I'm the oldest grandchild on both sides of my family. And again, as I said, I've you know come from a, fam, a farming family. And my grandfather actually had planted an elm tree the same year that he and my grandmother had gotten married. And this tree sits in the middle of their yard as you drive in you see this huge elm that is you know 70 plus years old um i think she's probably um about 80 some odd years now and um as you look at this tree and my we had a a swing a tire swing that you know my grandfather I remember being very little and him putting it up and telling me about this was his and grand's tree and you know we've had weddings underneath this tree um my grandmother had actually passed away it'll be two years in in December and um she passed away and we actually had her service underneath this tree so for me, trees are very important. 
they tell a story. And I mean, and this tree has gone through sleet storms. I'm sorry, um, ice storms. She lost a huge limb through the last ice storm. But there she stands, majestic. And my, my grandparents had a bench underneath this tree. And they would sit there watching the sunset. And he would hold her hand. And they did that until they were actually moved into the into secondary care. And I remember being a teenager and being, you know, a little kid. And I would always find my grandparents in the summertime and in the fall, as the day went to dusk, sitting there holding each other's hand. And as a little girl, you look at your grandfather and you go, I want to marry, I want to marry a man who's like my grandpa. And I did. And, you know, to me, that's my story. It's, you know, when you think about trees, when you plant them, you plant them with love and you grow them and you nurture them. And to a degree, those are your children because you are giving back to society. You get oxygen, carbon, it puts nutrients in the soil. You're giving that legacy of love. And I say that often about Project Forest and Mike laughs at me and he's like, it's okay, Shannon, you can, you can say that. But Project Forest is a legacy of love. And we want that to go out to everybody. You are creating, you're not just planting trees. You're not just turning the environment into something great. You're creating a legacy of love and it's a legacy for everyone to enjoy. It's a legacy of love for our planet and it's nice to see that we're shifting the paradigm and we're creating something of value that we, you know, if we're lucky, we'll be able to enjoy it. But our children's children's children will be able to enjoy that legacy. And I really want my grandchildren to be able to say, my grandmother had, mind you, I want to be called Lalo. Uh, <laughs> my grandma, you know, my Lalo helped plant those trees. And what kind of a legacy is that? And I know that that's kind of, you know, you know, ooh, you know, really, you know, warm, fuzzy feeling. But that to me is why I'm part of Project Forest. I want to create a legacy. I want to create that warm, fuzzy feeling to know that I've left something significant that is part of who I was, who I am, and who I will be, you know, through my children and my, and my grandchildren. So that's my warm, fuzzy feeling. There you go. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for sharing that story. Uh, So many things stick out for me, but you talk about the paradigm shift from really beginning. I hear a relationship with the natural world. And even the way you're referring to the tree in the story was she. You were using a pronoun that typically we reserve for people. And I love that on the paradigm shift and that like, no, like we are part of nature and there's something about this relationship with nature. I can hear it in your story that brings us alive. And I want to give this to future generations. And that's why Project Forest means so much to me. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for putting up with my tears. I tend to get like that when I talk about trees, because to me, it's, it's just so, it's so heartfelt. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Mike, tough to follow, but I want to hear your tree story. Yeah, um, tough to follow indeed. I, I'll say I, I am, I believe, equally passionate as Shannon 
Um, but she expresses her passion um, much more openly than I do. I kind of keep mine a little bit closer to my chest. Um, but the, the tree story that I like to share a lot um, isn't necessarily my tree story, but my wife's tree story, because I was a part of it. And it's, it's really cool. When uh, she, she got her grade one tree and planted it in her parents' house, and they sold that house about six years ago. When um, we talk about being connected to nature and the term that Shannon just used, tree babies, well, that's kind of exactly what we did. Um, as the house was sold, she was over so worried that the new owners were going to cut it down. So we went out there one night. Uh, the sale had already gone through, and we snuck out on the lawn, and I grabbed you know 50 or 60 cones. And then I brought it back to the nursery, and we ended up creating a whole bunch of tree babies from the tree that she planted when she was just a little kid. And we ended up planting, you know, 30 or 40 trees at her parents' new acreage. And uh, we've been kind of watching them grow and tending them over the last number of years. And a few of them are starting to really take off now. Uh, Some of them became deer and moose food, um, which is part of the system. So that's a good thing too. But some of them are starting to grow and they will become big trees one day and, you know, create uh, cones and tree babies of their own. So just kind of that legacy we're talking about. Trees mean so much to so many people and and it's different and it's just the way that we connect with trees and nature is kind of the emotional cap that project forest is tying into um there when we talk about removing carbon from the atmosphere there are mechanical techniques that can do this there are ways that you know we have a lot of smart people on planet earth and we've engineered ways to remove carbon from the atmosphere but nobody can replicate what a a forest can do not just for you and me i mean if they talk about healing you can just there's there's a a science now called forest healing where you go through a a long slow walk through the forest and connect with nature and come back and feel very refreshed and you know solve a lot of your problems and we're creating spaces where somebody's going to be able to do that one day and to me that's really important What's coming to me as you're talking about that is really this relationship of reciprocity where, yes, absolutely, Project Forest is planting trees and rewilding the earth, but there's something that happens to the homo sapien through the process of planting trees, of creating this relationship, of spending time in nature. So I want to talk about the amplified impacts of Project Forest. Because when I joined Project Forest, that was something that made me so excited was, yes, you guys are planting forests and trees, but the potential when we band together to do something, how much more powerful we are collectively than individually. I'm wondering if either of you can talk to me about the amplified impacts of Project Forest. Uh, that's that's a new term to me, but I, it resonates with me a lot. Amplified impact, impacts um, kind of resonates with we can't ever underestimate the impact of community and when people come together to solve a, a common goal. Not one person, not one group, not one company is able to get this work done. And the amplified impacts there is that community that we're creating and the common goal that we're working towards. We need... Um, people and companies of all sizes and shapes and to come together and work towards this. And and honestly, Kim, I I talk about your company and I give you guys a little bit of free PR and most of my um, project forest discovery meetings now, because we're, I mean, Shannon, during the introduction there, like we're inspired by you. If if there's a one woman show out there that can come in and commit like you have 
anybody can. And, and that's really a call to action. When people are passionate, put some money where your mouth is, really work towards getting the work done and we can accomplish great things. Um, when we talk about amplified impact as well, I'm going to kind of jump the gun on your question about um, our Swan River and our Indigenous commitment that we made, but kind of the brief teaser introduction before you lead us down that path is one of our other partners, um, young by or led by two young women with a non-for-profit called Tree CO2. They've created a GoFundMe platform. So prior to them creating the GoFundMe campaign, there was no way for, you know, average Joe or average Jane to participate. We're set up for corporate investment and sponsorship. Um, But the way Tree CO2 is trying to raise money for Project Forest and to work on this unified mission is they've done a GoFundMe campaign reaching out to the community, reaching out to average Joe and average Jane. And now there's the ability for them to collect funds and contribute to Project Forest and and work on that. And that's a perfect example of amplified impact. And these two young women are so amazing. They've almost hit their fundraising goal of $5,000 and their GoFundMe has been live for less than a week. I checked it this morning and they were already at over 4,800 bucks. And and when we talk about amplified impact and what trees mean to people, they're not gonna be donating to this cause if it didn't resonate strongly with a lot of people, right? So, I mean, those are just a few examples where the corporate community is coming together in a big way. And now, you know, the population's coming together in a big way. And we, we can make these changes if we all work together. Oh, like, I love that. I think there's so much um, popular media focused on everything that's wrong in the world. And absolutely, there's an opportunity and there's a challenge for us as homo sapiens. But one of the things I love about Project Forest is like, we can do something. We're not powerless towards designing our future. There are ways that we can together do something that's both good for the earth, good for us, and going to reverse some of the degradation. Yeah, 100%. And and, and once again, I fall back to, to your commitment, Kim, is we're talking with companies. Some of them are the largest corporations in the world we've been lucky enough to engage with. And when we're able to bring up a company like yourself and, and your commitment, it really inspires and empowers them to step up to the plate as well. Um, and we, we can't do this work unless corporations are willing to commit. So hopefully we've built a platform and our messaging is good enough where people are inspired and comfortable and passionate about the cause in the same way we are. And then we can, we can, you know, create positive impact on a massive scale. Baby steps now, as you mentioned, we haven't been around for a year yet, but um, the momentum is good. And if the momentum continues with this trajectory, um, I mean, I, I guess I'm a big picture thinker and I can envision, you know, the biggest, greatest things and maybe we'll get there. Maybe we will, um, but one day at a time and one phone call and one podcast at a time. Mm, thank you, Mike. And thank you for the support of uh, my business. I really appreciate that. I want to talk about you. We've been teasing the audience for a bit now. And I really want to talk about because I think it's important this connection with Swan River traditional medis- medicines and the engagement of the Indigenous community in rewilding. Yeah, thanks for, for bringing that up. And th- this will be kind of a shared one for Shannon and I, but I'll, I'll kind of get started. And Shannon's always good at filling in the gaps that I miss. But we've engaged in 
a pilot project, which has kind of evolved to more than a pilot project now with Swan River First Nation, which is located just on the south shore of Slave Lake in uh, northern Alberta. And we've identified 40 hectares of land to restore. Now, when we talk about the work that Project Forest is doing with conservation groups and on conservation land, the word rewilding is really important and it resonates perfectly with what we're doing. But when we're working on projects that is associated with or inside of Indigenous communities, the term is different for a number of different reasons. But what we're working on here is an ecological reconciliation project. Mm. And that term comes from a number of things. And I always like to throw the caveat here that Mike's the messenger, and we've been lucky enough to engage with Swan River in some pretty meaningful conversations um, and some other individuals that have been kind enough to share their knowledge with us and also empowered us to help tell their story, to help, you know, complete this work. And the term ecological reconciliation comes from when many of the reserves in Canada were created in the forested regions of our country, the federal government required X amount of percentage of the land to be cleared and converted into agriculture land. Quite often, the land that was cleared was non-productive from an agriculture perspective, but was quite capable of growing forests. It had, had done that, you know, time in memoriam forever. When the lands were transitioning quite often incorrectly, as the nutrient levels weren't there to really support great crops, what happened was the Indigenous peoples were made to change their lifestyle from being hunter-gatherers to being farmers, essentially. And then when that happened, the residential schools started popping up, and then the hurt and the damage really followed after that, as we all know. And when we talk about the terms ecological reconciliation, what's really important and amazing for an idea that came to me in the shower is for Shannon and I to be able to work on a project that directly impacts people's lives and the way that they interact with nature immediately. And, and that's by repairing these landscapes that are either being used for marginal hayland and bringing little to no economic benefit to the community or in quite often situations where the land's just now sitting stagnant. Um, so by repairing the land, and working on these land areas that were cleared incorrectly almost generations ago now, we can start repairing the first step of the damage. And that's where the term ecological reconciliation comes from. Further to that, what's really unique to the Project Forest Swan River First Nation reforestation project is we're going to be incorporating information from something called a food gathering study, which was funded by Swan River. So they hired a consultant to go out and take a look at their landscape and give strategic advice on what types of traditional foods could be reintroduced back onto the landscape. And one of our goals through, we'll call it the restoration plan, is to incorporate this information to bring these traditional foods back onto the landscape. Um, and we're not just talking about food-bearing plants and shrubs. We're talking about reintroducing certain grass species and shrub species that do have medicinal value in the roots and just different ways we can interact with it. And then also creating specific habitats for 
the critters that they're, um, I mean, that the community members still do, but their ancestors exclusively lived off for generations. By reintroducing those habitats, we can really change the way that people interact with the landscape. And then number two is we're creating, we're creating is the wrong word, reestablishing traditional land use opportunities back onto the landscape. So first, the first step is identify the project area, come up with a, a solution to the problem, start the transition process, reintroduce the food species, and then all of a sudden the traditional land use opportunities follow naturally right behind it. Um, and this is also incorporating into our plan some important things of places to practice ceremonies and places to transfer information. Um, transfer information with the elders to the youth in a real world practical example, very close to where they live, which is really, really um, important. And thirdly, Swan River has not just empowered us, but required us to template the process. While the first project that Swan River is working on is, is uh, or the Swan River, well, the first project that Project Forest is working on is with Swan River, and kind of the first one that we know of its kind will be here. Swan River really wants us to share our knowledge and our ways with the rest of the First Nation communities in Alberta and hopefully across Canada. And through the work that we're doing and also the federal tubular tree program, we're seeing a lot of momentum build up to gather support for this work. Um, as well now with the two billion tree program, the federal government needs to plant 200 million trees per year for the next 10 years somewhere in Canada. I think we've made found an opportunity to really restore a lot of important landscapes across this country and impact people's lives immediately and directly, which I mean, is uh, speaks to the importance of the work. And I wanna turn this over to Shannon now because I know I've missed a little bit and she's always really fantastic at filling in that gap. Thank you, Mike. And as Mike had said, you know, with the ecological reconciliation, you know, it, when we say it, it just resonates with us. It just, it sits in our core and you think, you know, we're we're not whitewashing, we're not greenwashing. We're actually taking and walking with the community and looking at how we can take that setback. And this is a comment that Lori Buffalo has has said, and I asked her if I could use this. And she says the the, the comeback will be greater than the setback. And that just really, it just hits you in your gut and you get that flood of emotions going, we're part of this. We're part of creating a comeback from what has been created in centuries ago, a setback. And as we walk with Swan River First Nations, we get that you know, it, it's exciting. It's empowering to see the vision. And Mike was, um, Mike got the opportunity to actually go out and, you know, you know, ride with Dustin, take a look at the the parcel of land, you know, and as we're talking and everything else, there is an opportunity for an, an additional parcel of land that we can create. So not only do we get one or, you know, we get another one as well. And Mike, I hope you're okay that I share this story. As they're going out to this tract of land, an eagle flies right in front of them. And, you know, um, I'm, you know, working away and Mike gives me a phone call and he, and he says, you know, Shannon, 
what's the significance of this? And as he was in the vehicle with with Dustin and Dustin sees this and he goes, yep, we're on the right. I think he said, we're right. We're, we're right on track or something along those lines. And Mike can tell you exactly what was said. The significance of the Eagle is that what thoughts and actions they're putting forward has been received by the creator in a very good way. And so you really are on the right path. And that was just that aha moment that I knew that the project that Mike and Dustin and, you know, Project Forest has been creating is going to be of such significance. It's going to start to heal. And can you imagine having fruit bearing shrubs along a couple of the roads that as children get off buses and their tummies are a little grumbly, they can come along and pick and eat it's, it's empowering to know that, and I always get very emotional about this, so I'm really trying to keep it in. Can you imagine that we're going to be part of a process that not only are we going to bring habitat into this community so that they can hunt, so that they can go back to the intrinsic land and take the diet that their bodies really, really need, because that is one thing that is just absolutely huge by having the North American diet the indigenous people, their bodies have not ever um, regained what they needed. And so they need to go back to their lands. They need to go back to their roots and to create that organic, robust diet with the mushrooms and the lagoons and, you know, the fruit and the wildlife as a whole. But can you imagine creating that legacy where you know that when you're healing the land, you're helping heal the stigma of Indigenous and white people's relations. We're walking in tandem. We're not walking here and there. And what significance we're going to get from the teachings and the healings and understanding more intrinsically how important it is to get back to Mother Nature and the land and be able to reclaim, help help them reclaim their heritage. To me, that is something that is just I get inspired every time I talk about Dustin and his community and, you know, what the vision is. And can you imagine, I'm going to paint a picture right now. The sun is setting. You've got this beautiful area that has, you know, you've got your, your ceremonial grounds. You've got a teaching circle. You've got a medicine wheel that has all of the spokes that represent all of the nations, you know, our white, our red, our brown, our, our black. And you've got some elders that are sitting on benches and you've got a whole community there that are listening to the elders talk about historical stories because that is how their, that's how their history is passed down to them. It is passed down by oral readings. It's, it's passed down by example. And as you're sitting by this medicine wheel and you gaze out and you see all the different medicines that this community has to go outside right now to go and find, they've got it right at their hands and the elders are teaching them how to braid sweet grass. They're, they're teaching them how to collect sage and they're telling stories about their forefathers. And you've got a whole gaggle, you know, from little children all the way up to your gookums and your, and your guamays that are sitting there. And there's healing and we're creating an atmosphere of healing. And it's not that we're, we're creating planting and, you know, we're doing all of this significance. 
we're actually being part of a plan to heal a community. And when you think about that, when we do that, we get blessed tenfold by creating an environment like that. And so to me, that's the significance is bringing back the traditions and being able to walk into that community and not be looked at like, are, are you here to, you know, are, are you here because you want something from us? No, we're here because we want to be part of you and we want to help. And to me, that has such significance. And, you know, as Mike was going out and I'll let him speak to this, you know, there was other incidences where there, there were eagles that were circling around him and to be blessed like that is huge. So really he and project forest, we as a whole are really on the right path. Mm, Shannon, thank you so much. And Mike, thank you too. Uh, What's sticking out for me is that the comeback is going to be greater than the setback. You're right. That just like kicks you in the gut and it stops with, you know, we need all of us to do this work. And we've been so divided and the opportunity is to use the work of our generation, which really is the restoration, the reclamation and reconciliation to be the platform where we come together. That I mean, it's so exciting and you speak to it so beautifully, Shannon. So thank you. Thank you. You already talked about, and I we're coming near the end, but I wanted to hear about the vision for what's possible. So we can look at, yes, today we're planting trees, but I think it's really important for us to cast our view out in the future and say, what is possible when we all get behind the work of our generation, which is caring, which is showing up, which is using the resources that we have to give back to the earth so the earth can give back to us. Shannon, you shared your vision for what's possible. Mike, I want to hear from you. You said you're a big picture thinker. When we cast our vision 50, 60, 100 years out, what do you see when we all show up as a species together to uh, reclaim and rewild the earth? Well, there's there's so much. Um, when we talked about coming together as a species to work on this work, there's something called the One Trillion Tree Initiative, which is a United Nations uh, goal to plant a trillion trees and bringing together countries, municipalities, and companies all under that umbrella um, is one way how we're going to accomplish that goal. And Project Forest's contribution to that picture is like the sky's the limit and there's no reason to stop if we have continued momentum to support the cause. We're already having conversations with groups in BC and Saskatchewan. Um, and Saskatchewan speaks close and true to your heart, Kim. BC speaks close and true to a lot of other people's hearts. And we're engaging with companies who are headquartered in Toronto, um, which tells me the next logical step after probably BC and Saskatchewan is an Ontario-based project and continue to, to expand and expand to go countrywide. And when we talk about Swan River empowering us to share our techniques and our knowledge with the rest of the First Nation communities in Alberta and the country, um, this could happen a lot faster than I anticipate. As a big picture thinker, I mean, from a business perspective, you always want to plan for the worst and hope for the best. But you're asking me a very positive, um, you know, big picture question. I see Project Forest starting as a, a Canadian initiative as opposed to you know, even a Western Canadian initiative, I see it rolling out in a big way across the country. And then, I mean, I have to keep things in check. I have partners and 
associates of Project Forest reaching out to me on a weekly basis saying, let's do a project in this country, let's do a project in that country. I'm like, we got we to gotta slow down a bit. But when we talk about what's the real potential of what we're doing, it's, it's truly unlimited with respect to opportunities across the earth. And whether it's us doing the work or somebody else, every tree planted is a good and an important tree. And if we can work together to inspire folks to come together and work on projects like this, regardless if it's under the Project Forest flag or somebody else's, that's the real mission. And that's how we accomplish the goal. Um, it, like I said earlier, it's not one person or one company or one organization. It's that community of the community of the population coming together. I'm working hard to to do this work. Um, yeah, I think I think that's my answer, and I think I answered it as you know, if we keep going, there, there's no reason why we can't have an international presence. But let's focus on one day at a time, one tree at a time, one project at a time, and see where it takes us. I love that. Every tree planted is an important tree. Shannon, um, any, oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I say, yeah, wiser words haven't been said. Um, and I, and I use that example a lot. The the one difference, and and just kind of before we move on, I think it's important for your listeners to understand why why every tree planted is a super important tree. It's also important to have a plan and a system in place to ensure those trees become a forest. And there are certain groups out there that do and don't. And I think that's really what sets Project Forest apart from other folks working on the same cause is we actually take on the environmental liability of these sites until they meet that threshold to become a forest. And that's why when you work with us and you say, hey, I planted a hectare of trees, we can say with certainty how much carbon you're going to remove because of these guarantees and the, the systems that we put in place, which goes back to the background. And we said, hey, Mike, introduce yourself. But I didn't talk about being a forester, but you made sure that came out. And that's important because we understand civic culture systems. We understand regeneration systems. And we understand how to monitor and tend the, the seedlings that we plant and turn them into a forest. It's what we do every single day. Um, folks within the project forest, um, certain, our team collectively has planted over 2 billion trees throughout our careers. So that's B with a B. That's a lot of seedlings. And it's what we do every single day. Some people for many more years than others. Um, and there's not a lot of groups that can say that. So I, I do like to get that message out as much as we can. So, I mean, you're a partner of Project Forest, Kim. You, you need to feel confident that the folks that you've teamed up with are going to use your dollars appropriately and make sure that these seedlings that you're responsible for planting become a force. And that's the guarantee we make to you, to all of our partners, and to the citizens of Canada or, you know, one day, any country that we operate in. That won't change. And that's a really big fundamental foundation of what and how we do business. Um, it's, it's really important to me. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night just planting a tree and walking away and crossing my fingers and hope that it grows. Well, thank you for that, Mike, and that distinction on we plant not just trees, we plant forests. And as Shannon was talking, I, I don't want to bore people with the science of it, but I heard the commitment to restoring the understory of a forest too and the forest floor. So often we're focused on just the trees, but 
as I talk to you guys and the more I learn about the project, I can hear, no, it's about the biodiversity of the ecosystem. And it's ensuring that, you know, the land that was disturbed housed a variety of species. How do we bring them back? And Mike, as you're saying, there's, there's a science to that. It's an art and it's also a science. And with Project Forest, we've got the combination of the passion, the science, as well as the art of how we bring this together. And then you put the traditional knowledge on that and, I really feel like the opportunities are unlimited. I love to hear you talk about international presence. So yeah, you- I mean, so do I, but it scares me a bit because I'm like, oh man, I don't need enough time to sleep with the <laughs> projects we have on the go right now. But that's a good problem, right? As we continue to grow, we'll just build our team and we'll be able to take those next steps. So people that are feeling inspired by this, that want to plant forests, want to leave a legacy, how do they get a hold of you guys? They can uh, they can just call me. Um, it's it's really easy. I, I can give a few contact methods. Uh, my my number is 780-222-7947. They can come to our website, um, projectforest.ca. They can email us there and, and at info at projectforest.ca. Um, and just a little bit more context to that conversation. If you're a company or a corporation that wants to have that planting event and work on the conservation land, we can make that happen. I mean, and we talk about the biodiversity. There's there's a hundred and over 110,000 trees being planted on a 55 hectare parcel, and there's 11 different species. And that's important to us when we say the right tree in the right place and creating that ecosystem. We're not creating forests here to create two by fours and pulp. We're creating forests here to create habitat and opportunity for all living beings. And then alternatively, if if you're a group who is really inspired by the message that Shannon and I shared about Swan River, um, contacting us is the same way, but the partnership is a little bit different and a little bit more customized. And that project specifically is being funded by the corporate community and the federal two billion tree program and it's basically a dollar for dollar matching program the feds will match equal dollars to what we put up Um, and while we're just starting with 40 hectares and 56,000 trees at swan river there's enough land inside their reserve alone to plant a million and a half trees so if you're a corporation looking to you know step up to the plate and contribute on a project that inspires you we have two different opportunities for folks um, to accomplish that goal, whether it be at Swan River or maybe it be at Golden Ranches or the next conservation project somewhere um, in in Canada. Thank you so much for that, Mike. Shannon, any closing words or anything you want to add? Um, and if you are an individual person and you want to donate a dollar or two or a hundred um, trees CO2, GoFundMe. Um, they're taking individual dollars and remember every, every dollar plants a tree. And then that individual person who wants to get involved, you've now created, you've now started to create a forest by go by the GoFundMe page with trees CO2. Um, we, and and that one, (laughs) sorry to step on you, Shannon, but it's important to note those dollars are being raised specifically for the work at Swan River, not for Golden Ranches. Yeah, and not necessarily a dollar I'll plant a tree, but every dollar that you contribute will go towards creating this forest. Um, the cost to plant and grow and manage forests in Alberta and in Canada is more expensive than other places in the world. So it's just important to 
be really cognizant of how hard it is to grow a forest where our season is only four months long and collecting the seed and growing the trees. And we have to put in, you know, the site prep and the management and all these other things into these costs. So just a little bit additional information. And again, Shannon, my apologies, but please continue. No, I get really excited. And so for me, every dollar counts. And Mike tends to, well, no, Mike is, I'm like the shooting star. He tends to like to pull me back a little bit because I get so excited about getting the individual person involved that, you know, things, you know, I, I can't necessarily come up with a big donation, but I can come up with a small donation. And, you know, and as Mike said, you know, there are our, our trees aren't, you know, they're just not thrown into pots and, you know, left to their own devices. We have a, an amazing team at our nursery that literally they're tended to with very loving care and, you know, and that does cost a little bit of money, but when those trees are grown and planted, they're planted right. So the survival rate on them is exponentially a lot higher because we want to make, we want to make that to last. And so that everybody who is involved really does get a, you know, without sounding cheesy, a more bang for your buck. Well, thank you both. It's been such a pleasure and I'm so excited to be a partner of Project Forest. What you guys are doing truly is inspiring and it's exciting. I I see a vision of a continuous band of forest coast to coast and people who are changed internally from just the act of putting their hands in the dirt, connecting with the trees and remembering that we don't have to be the species that's known for destruction there's another side to this story and it's possible through partnerships with Project Forest and other great initiatives. So happy Earth Day and thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Happy Earth Day and thanks for being part of us. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome, Kim. Um, and I'll, I'll leave you with a closing quote here. Um, the true meaning of life is to plant trees under whose shade you do not expect to sit. And I'll just let that sit and resonate with yourself and, and uh, rest your members. Cause it's, while it's only a couple words, it's pretty deep meaning there. Mm, beautiful. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Shannon. Welcome. And, th- and thanks so much for, for hosting us here and congrats on all the exciting work you're doing and, and launching conversations with Kim. It's important work we're all doing. Um, and we are grateful to be a part of your network, your community and your conversation. Thank you. Thank you.